Sometimes the best stories in golf aren't found on tour. You'll find them at the back of the range. And here's your host, Ben Adelberg. Thank you again for joining me here at the back of the range. I'm your host, Ben Adelberg. This is episode 32. Our guest this week is Sandra Gall on a lake from Germany. I am not kidding. Don't worry. I will explain. So a couple of housekeeping items before we get started. You know the drill. When you tell people about the podcast, tell them that you can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The central hub of the podcast where you can learn everything about us, listen to all the previous episodes, head over to thebackoftherange.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll find that information in the show notes of this podcast. And if you're listening and you like the episodes, leave a review. I can't stress enough how important that is. Remember, if you're enjoying this podcast, we will keep bringing you amazing guests each and every week. Speaking of Instagram, you know we started Free Towel Tuesdays. We have some really nice caddy towels with the center slit in them. You put them over an umbrella or an alignment stick. They have our logo on them, and we're just giving them all out. So follow us on Instagram, the Back of the Range podcast. And on Tuesdays, I'll ask you to like the page, maybe give a tournament pick here and there. But um, leave a comment. You'll get in a drawing. You'll get a free towel. Remember, everyone needs a golf towel. And if you have one of those towels in your possession, we need to see it on social media. So next time you're out and about and you're playing, snap a picture, tag us online. Help us out a little bit. Spread the word. All right. Episode 32. Sandra Gall from a lake in Germany. Right. Sandra competed last week in the Scottish Open, and she's competing this week in the Rico British Open in Lancashire. But before these two tournaments, she was taking a little vacation in her home country of Germany. So I was pleasantly surprised to find out that she'd be available for a quick chat during her vacation. So we set everything up and got her on the phone, and I hear waves in the background. And I'm asking her, like, well, you know, where, where are you? She's like, oh, I'm on a lake. Because, you know, of course, why wouldn't she be? So we didn't really get into her junior playing days in Germany, and we really didn't talk a lot about her collegiate career at the University of Florida, but there is tons of great bio information on her website, sandragall.com. We'll put that link in the show notes. You can find out a lot of her outside interests and her tournament finishes and all the things that are important to her. But this conversation was a lot of fun. We talked about her life on the tour. She is absolutely great. She's a great follow on social media and really just a good representative of what the LPGA is all about. So let's get to the interview now with Sandra Gall uh, from a lake in Germany. Sandra, welcome to the back of the range. Hey, thanks for having me. You've had a you've had a great uh, last month. You had a couple of missed cuts earlier in the year, but have really played well in June. So I guess my question to start off with is, how do you transition from um, deciding to take a vacation and get away when things are going so well on tour? Yeah, I'm actually still trying to figure that one out. Uh, <laughs> this okay. Is my, this is my first day on vacation. Um, yeah, and it's just a, it's just a, a short one, but um, I think it's nice to kind of reflect on a few good weeks and um, just trying to kind of relax. You know, I played six tournaments in a row the last few weeks, and I think it's important to kind of recharge again before our last stretch of tournaments that are coming up before we go to Asia. Sure. You mentioned earlier that you are on a lake right now. Uh, yes. Definitely the first guest we've had uh, on the podcast calling in from a body of water. 
Um, <laughs> where, where in, uh, I know, I know you're in Germany. Can you give any specifics about what you're doing on, on your vacation for these two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually have some, uh, family in Munich. Okay. Um, and there's a few really pretty lakes in the south of Munich. So I'm, um, at one of them and, um, yeah, I was actually just, you know, came out here, lay out a little bit and, um, you can see the Alps in the distance. It's really pretty. Okay. So this is a, this is a rough Thursday for you. So when you're, yeah. when you're, when you have this vacation time, so I, I, I do some reading, uh, of, of regular books, uh, occasionally, but one thing I did read that a lot of people in the United States, at least, don't take their full allotted vacation time. One of the biggest reasons they don't is because they they fear all this work waiting waiting for them when they get back. So, obviously, you're not coming back to a stack of papers on your desk, but you do have to come mm-hmm. back to, to competition. How mm-hmm. do you how do you get back into it? Do you fear the lack of, or the the reduction of your sharpness in your game? How do you get back into golf at that yeah. level? I think people kind of misunderstand a little bit. When I say vacation, it doesn't mean I put my clubs away completely. Uh-huh. Um, so I, tomorrow I'll start practicing. You know, it's like, I mean, it won't be like a full day like I do during tournaments or or when I'm really getting ready. Um, so as long as I do a little bit every day, um, so I have two weeks off. Um, so if I do two, three hours every day and then maybe as... Um, you know, my last week comes, I'll, I'll definitely play a little bit more and spend some more time on the golf course and then I'm fine. Gotcha. Um, if I would just take, you know, a week and a half off from golf completely, that would be hard to come back. Right. So this is kind of like a working vacation, so, so to speak. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll still call it a vacation. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so um, we're not going to hit on your entire amateur career uh, playing juniors, but we have had a lot of Gators on this podcast. In fact, uh, oh, cool. Uh, in fact, let's see. Oh gosh, uh, Kevin Hammer has been on this podcast, and Duke Butler the Fourth has been on this podcast, and and mm-hmm. two other ones that are coming up pretty soon, which I I. We'll tease a little bit later, but in a quick statement, what can you tell me about uh, about golf in Gainesville that you most uh, enjoyed? Oh, um, there was a lot of things I enjoyed. Um, I loved, you know, I loved my team and just the atmosphere we had. I mean, the golf course was right on campus, sure. so there was never much traveling. We just literally like felt, you know, being part of the our team being part of like the whole Gator Nation, you know, I was there when we won three national championships. So that whole kind of unity, that was awesome. And uh, we had a great golf course to practice at, you know, we had beautiful practice facilities. So um, we spent a lot of time out there, you know, not wasting a lot of time, you know, traveling somewhere. So it was always just kind of school practice, um, schoolwork, um, and obviously hanging out as a team. So it was a great time. Sure. So you, you, Got your card uh, in your first try. Uh, I believe it was 08, if my research mm-hmm. is correct. Mm-hmm. And, and you get right on tour. How long did it take for you to actually say to yourself, hey, I, I can do this. I can play professionally. Because just getting your card doesn't mean you feel like you really are belonging and, and you are completely qualified to do it. When did it kind of hit you that, okay, I, I can do this for a living. I can I can. Well, I was, I was actually... I was really scared. My first event, I had no idea how I would do. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I was a, I was a really good amateur, um, and I did really well in college, but I just didn't know what the level of play was right. um, out there. So my first tournament, I was 
I was really scared, but I made the cut my first tournament. I was like, okay, you know, this is good. Um, but the whole year, I, I felt like I was still, I also didn't know how to do competing the entire year and what it takes to keep your card. So that whole for, first year was really stressful. Um, but I think by my second year, I kind of felt like, you know, I had a few more good finishes and I thought, you know, um, this is, this, I can do this. Sure. And, and who were some of the veterans that, that helped you along the way during your, your rookie year? I, to be honest, I didn't have a lot of help from veterans. Um, I think I, I wouldn't blame them as much as, you know, maybe me not not reaching out very much sure. at that point. I don't know. I was just very um, introverted and um, <laughs> I was very different than I am now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that kind of shocked me with that statement. I'm like, wait a minute, who am I talking to? What's going on here? Yeah, yeah. I, I changed a lot over the whole career. And uh, yeah, I think I just, um, I was more intimidated in the beginning and sure. um, even more so that's why now I, you know, I've been a big sister to, a few girls and I, and I love doing that. And I feel like they are, um, you know, they, I always encourage them to ask me questions and like, don't be shy. And they've been really good about that. So I really love helping girls out now because I know the value of it. I think if I had reached out more, um, I would have been more comfortable. Well, and that kind of brings me into a a question that I, I had, you know, that's no secret that you have, several outside interests, whether it's your painting or your artwork or your singing, mm-hmm. and you, you have all these other interests. And then I'm sure you're seeing a lot of girls coming onto the tour that like golf is their life. That's all yes. they have. And yes. do you, I guess my question is like, you know, like what do you do to kind of communicate that to the, to the rookie? Say, look, this can't be your entire existence. How do you communicate right. that? Um, you know, you can't change someone else's life, of but course. I think you can lead by example. Um, I think that's the best way to communicate. Um, and I think a lot of people, by seeing what I do, they will try to have different interests too. Um, so how else would I communicate? You know, I, I don't think I can, I, no one can ever be in the position, hey, this is not good. You need to do this. Right. Like, you know, I, unless they ask me and they say, look, I'm unhappy, then then I can give advice, but I can't just kind of jump into their life. Cause a lot of the times, you know, the parents are also very involved and have right. ideas about how their life should be. So, um, but to be fair, I also like, for example, I mean, I was a big sister to Olavia, the girl from Iceland. And I mean, she is, um, she has other interests outside of golf. And I think, uh, we encourage each other to, you know, uh, explore them. And, um, that's maybe, not the case with many, but there are definitely people out there who, who are young and who have perspective. Sure. So um, just randomly, who are some of your practice room buddies out on tour? Um, you know, a lot has been made of, you know, Phil's kind of circle uh, on, on Tuesdays, his money games with Ricky Fowler and some of the mm-hmm. other guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, uh, I don't know a lot about the practice round culture on the LPGA tour. So do you guys like to yeah. get each other pocket or do you like to play? For games, <laughs> I, I love, playing i love playing money games actually okay. um i played a bunch of them this year you know uh, i played with um ryan o'toole okay um we actually even have a game had a game on saturday um during a tournament because we played together so we oh. played you know ten dollar birdies <laughs> okay yeah, yeah yeah um oh my gosh this year i played with i played a money game with olavia 
uh, with Lydia, with you know, it's not like we're regular, but right. anytime we we get to play together, I always I always say, "Do you want to play?" And they're like, "Sure." Okay. <laughs> and you know, yeah, no, no, Rhino Tool. I mean, she loves to bet. She loves to play for money. So it's always we tease each other. It's super fun. Who would have thought golfers being degenerate gamblers, even at the highest level? <laughs> That's good to hear. That's good to hear. So yeah. you, um, you're working with a new coach. Um, you you yes. recently moved over to uh, Cameron McCormick, uh, mm-hmm. the, the Spieth Whisperer. So um, how did how did that relationship start? I think we, we as you know, golf fans, we find out that players have, have a new coach. Um, how did that relationship start? Well, I I saw him out on tour because um, he's been working with uh, Soyan Yu. Mm-hmm. And so um, I kind of felt like I needed a change. And um, I just kind of approached him and, you know, asked him if I could have his contact. And uh, he gave it to me. And then um, it happened to be just before a stretch of tournaments where he came out to the LPGA. So I basically, for a stretch of weeks, I saw him every week. Oh, great. Um, yeah, that was really, really cool. And so it kind of made the beginning really easy because he, um, teaches out of Dallas, but obviously he travels a lot for the PGA tour and for our tour and, um, just kind of having him there and, um, helped a lot. And so we got started really quickly. Great. And then you moved to left hand low with your putting. I did. Mm-hmm. How's that yeah, that was actually that's that was so funny because um, there's a new PGA LPGA Tour Alliance, and um, so they PGA invited us to TPC Sawgrass for, for the Players Championship, and I knew he was there, um, so I took a lesson during those couple days right. that I also um, spoke to some of the guys on tour, and we went on the putting green, and I had just had a rough week putting. And I explained to him everything and, um, you know, he said, why don't we try that? And, um, I absolutely loved it and it's been great ever since. Good. What is one tournament on the LPGA tour that you try and play every year? Not so much for maybe the course, but because of the surrounding culture, nightlife, friends that you have in town, what's one that is maybe on your calendar for that reason? Oh, that's an interesting question. Let's see. Um... Arkansas, okay. but the course is also great, but right. I also have really good friends there, and so um, I used to stay with them every year, and this year, um, they are sell- they were selling their house, so I couldn't stay with them, but I'm really close to their daughter, so um, we just hung out all week, and it's a tradition, you know, we cook, we hang out, and we go um, we go shopping, or we do something else, and um, it's always something I really look forward to, because it's also a three-day event, so we have a lot of time during the week to just do, do things together. Sure. So that's a traditional stuff that I would never miss, Good. even if it didn't fit my schedule. <laughs> right. Okay. So, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so uh, Annika played uh, the Colonial. Brittany Litzingham is going to play Barbasol this year. Yes. Uh, I, I, I know Michelle Wee has, has done that, uh, has played men's events several times. I'm, I'm not going to ask you that question if that's on your radar and something that you want to do. I'd rather ask you this question. I know that you follow the PGA tour a lot. Um, if you could move an LPGA tour event to one of the regular PGA tour stops, which one would it be? Augusta. Okay. I should have, I should have uh, said, ex- you know, I was going to put that caveat in there, but I figured that nah, she probably won't pick the easy one. Yep. She did. Okay. 
Get rid of Augusta. I know you, I know you said regular to revenge, I but I still had to say it. No, you have to. That's fine. So forget about uh, forget about Augusta for a second. I'm going to ask yes. you if you played there, but uh, okay. Where do you want to take the, Where do you want to take the girls? It's the Sandra Gall Invitational. You get to bring everyone over. Oh my goodness! Okay, I, I'm going to go Pebble Beach. Okay. That's, yeah, yeah, I mean that's, that's amazing. I mean that's just another homeless golf right there. Is anyone going to even make their tea time, or are you just going to sit and look at the ocean and drink wine? All <laughs> oh, I bet they're going to make the tea time. We oh. all love that golf course. Yeah. So have you played? Have you played there? Have you played Augusta? Mm-hmm. I have not played Augusta. Um, I've been there. I haven't played it yet, okay. but um, definitely been to Pebble. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I know with all the travel that you're doing flying all over the world uh, i'm sure it has happened at some point you have forgotten to pack something you have left and mm-hmm. you've forgotten something what's the one thing that if you forget no matter what it costs when you get to your destination you have to replace it immediately my pillow your pillow yes yeah i i mean like we i travel so much right. literally this year i'm going to be at home in orlando for eight weeks so like my pillow is the one and only thing that's always the same and I know I can sleep on it really well. It's like a Tempur-Pedic pillow. Okay. So if I don't have that, I will not sleep well. Okay. So if I left that somewhere, I'm going to go buy one. Right. Okay. All right. Good. And this is there a name brand? You know, we don't have any sponsors yet. I mean, I can I reach don't. Out. Okay. I don't. No, yeah, that's, a hell of a endor- that's a hell of an endorsement right there. I mean, <laughs> so, all right, yes. let's see another one. Um, you're out of you're out of the town with a friend from the tour. You both lose your phones. You have to find a way back to the hotel. Mm-hmm. This is a very challenging situation here. You need someone you can depend on. You have no phone. Your friend has no phone. Who is that friend that you want by your side in this time? Ooh, that's a good question. You got to figure out a way to get back. You got to catch a flight. Who do you want? Yes. Who does you want to, to lean on to get you back? Yes. Um, Amy Anderson. I mean, Amy Olson. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's super smart, and I, you know, she, I could, whatever, close my eyes and jump anywhere, I would trust her. Okay, all right. Yeah. Man, you're just endorsing a lot of people here. This is uh, this is good stuff. Um, <laughs> so, um, I, I know this is a big one, but how, you know, really quickly, how do we, uh, how do we help the LPGA Tour grow as far as closing the pay gap? getting more sponsors. I know that's a big monster of a question, but especially Mm -hmm. sitting on a lake, but what's one small, (laughs) what's one small thing that you'd like to see happen? Maybe something that you see is done on the PGA tour that you'd like to see done on the LPGA tour. Um, I think we've done really well. First of all, I think we're moving in the right direction for many years. Um, What I would like to see, I think not so much doing, because we're a different product than the, PGA tour. I can't really say I want to do this like the PGA tour. Yeah. We would love to have as many followers or TV ratings, but we're just a different product. So I think if we could um, somehow like in tennis have tournaments at the same venue or back to back or closer together, um, that would help out a lot because people love, I mean, people love watching us play. Um, and they can really relate to us. Like, you know, 2000, when was that? Um, 14? Yeah, Pinehurst. Pinehurst. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. yeah, people love that. I hear it all the time. And um, they stayed, you know, after the men's, they stayed for the women. And that's something we need to do more of or um, have like a limited field and have them both at one course at the same time. Um, 
things like that, just like the tennis, and then the prize money will just equalize. Sure. Yeah, and the other thing that I'd love to see come back is that JCPenney Classic. Uh, that, yes. You know, I think the... At the height That's of it, a given. Yeah, yes. that needs to come back because I think I remember at the height of it was uh, like Tiger and uh, Kelly Keeney played together. Yes. So That's I'd, right. I'd love to see that come back. Um, who would you pick as your partner in that if that does come back? Oh my goodness! And you can't say um, Martin Keimer because because you, you already no. went for, you already went for an easy one with the Augusta. So I'm gonna I'm gonna nip this in the bud. You got to think a little bit outside yes. the box here. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna say Tony Finau. Okay. I think he's a great guy. He has an amazing game. He's up and coming. He hits it really long, um, and we get along. So I definitely want to play with him. And you, but but you got to steal him away from Lexi, didn't they? I think they played together in in Naples. In the, in the oh yeah, so she booked him for the next ten years. I'll, no? I'll reach. I'll ask her. I'll get that. <laughs> Actually, Lexi and I are from the same hometown, Coral Springs, Florida. Oh cool. So, oh wow. Nice. So yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get that figured out for you. Um, okay. So what are the what are the parts of the um, I actually was, uh, I saw an interesting quote, uh, from, from Danielle Kang. She, uh, one of her friends was giving her a hard time because she, she's saying, look, you know, Danielle, you don't have a real job. I have a real job. It's nine to five. I can't just pop out for lunch whenever I feel like it. So mm-hmm. obviously you, you have a real job. It's a very demanding job, but what are some of the challenges that you have, uh, that, that fans, friends just, just don't understand. I mean, they see you on TV, they see the, the glitz and the glamour, but what, what are some of the things that are super challenging that make it a job that make it, make it difficult? I obviously always try to be, you know, always try to be grateful for what I do, but I think people, people don't see, um, you know, the struggles that we have and that's okay. Like, I also don't think like just because I had struggles doesn't mean you, you, you have to have a lot of struggles, but I think if you want to be the best in the world, you know, there's, going to be times that are going to be really difficult because you're pushing yourself through something that not a lot of people have done so there's going to be that's where a lot of people give up i think and don't make it because it does get hard and that's what you probably don't see on tv you know it's the times when whatever you missed a bunch of cuts in a row and you're in your hotel room in whatever alabama and you're trying to figure out your game your life and maybe your card might be on the line and you don't have a pension, you don't have a regular, you know, uh, money that comes in every month, you know, except when you're lucky and you got great sponsors, you know, I, I, I feel very lucky for that, but I'm just saying there's a lot of people out there on tour who, you know, it's just, it's not all rosy every time. So, um, I would say the challenges would be always, always trying to figure out how you can be better. And when it doesn't go your way to keep believing in yourself to, you know, those moments. Of course. And um, and have a good team around you to figure out. It's not just, oh, I'll believe in me. I mean, it's really, okay, what's going on with the putting? What exactly is it? Like, why do under pressure, or do I do this? Why, you know, really figure it out. No, well said. Um, let me change gears here. Pro-Am. So, not that this would ever happen, because, you know, men aren't intimidated at all by a woman that can outdrive them or outplay them. I know this would never happen. And I hope the sarcasm is traveling over to that lake that you're sitting on. But um, <laughs> can you think of a time that you played a pro-am that um, just like a funny story from a pro-am from just some guy just trying way, way too hard, or is that just happened way too much? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I think I've been really lucky with pro-ams. Um, I think, yeah, they do like to. I think there's guys that just really hit it 
uh, very far. Uh-huh. And so obviously they're going to be longer than you, but then they just try to kill it every single time. Right, right. And so it's kind of funny. Um, but, um, or yeah, or they'll be just, just about as long as you and they try to outdrive you. And then when I do, I give them a really hard time. I just kind of, Good. I really joke with them a lot. So I, I, I think they'll, they always loosen up at some point and don't take it so seriously. Good, good. <laughs> Uh, you have, so 2019 Solheim Cup is coming up. You're a, a two-time member mm-hmm. of the team. Um, you're a rookie captain's pick. That is, I was su- surprised, just uh, not surprised, you know, related to you, but just in general, you don't think of captain's picks so much being rookies all the time. There are a lot of rookies on that team in 2011. You had uh, Melissa Reed and Hedwall and Munoz, and then 2015, obviously, playing at home in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you start getting ramped up and thinking about making that team? Um, I think by the beginning of next year, I mean, obviously points count now already, but they'll sure. count double next year. Um, so I'm definitely going to be looking forward to that, you know, once the season starts next year. And if you can pick just one, one facet of the, sport. I hope, I hope, honestly, I hope I don't have to get picked. I just make the team. Yes. No, no, yeah. exactly right. No. Actually, I was going to ask you that whole thing back in 2011 because you made the team on points in, in 15. You were you were a captain's mm-hmm. pick in 11. Mm-hmm. But what are those months leading up to the deadline of when they make the picks? Was it just a miserable experience? Because every did you think every round, every event was just I have to show my stuff. I have to show what I can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, 2011 was. It was interesting because I had one like in March yeah. and then I kept playing well. And then I had like a little bit of a, little bit of a uh, funk. And so I definitely wasn't worried about it, but I knew I was playing well and my game was good, but I just, you know, didn't score as well. So I was definitely worried about it. So when I got the call, I was, I was so excited. Good. And, yeah. um, and just one aspect of, I know it's a, so many uh, parts of the experience for, from both years, what are the what's one of the things that you really miss and want to get back to as a member of the Solheim Cup team? Not so much as the competing on the course, but um, is it just being in the team room? Is it the camaraderie? Like, what's one thing that you really want to get back to? I know you you said not on the golf course, but how can you exclude that? You I know, know it's just all these crowds and you know every shot matters, and there's a pressure you've never really experience until then and it's just so it's so rewarding when you when you play good golf and and outside you know outside the golf course it's definitely just the singing and you know all the just just being together the team that we don't get to do very often in professional golf in general so that team feeling is great well you're a fan you're a fan of the pga tour Uh, obviously we have uh kind of a segment here at the back of the range called the quick bucket. I ask this question just about every single person that comes on. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack Nicholas won the masters in 1986 at the mm-hmm. age of 46. Compare that victory to a potential fifth green jacket of Tiger Woods, which would be the more substantial victory? Oh, I would say Tiger's fifth, fifth green jacket. Okay. Especially after all that he's gone through now. Yeah. If he were to win now, I think it's a pretty obvious answer, I would say. I mean, not to take anything away from Jack, but, um, I mean, my goodness, winning the Masters five times and after all these surgeries and everything, it would be unreal. Yep. Yeah. We're Surprisingly, we're kind of split down the middle. This will, we're kind of, okay. around, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of different answers. Um, 
All right. Let's see. If you can give a major to anyone in history on the PGA Tour, see what I did there? Um, who would uh, who would you give that major to? Ricky Fowler. Okay. <laughs> I think he's going to get one, but I'd give him one. I mean, he just has such a big heart as in like courage and he plays with so much passion and he has the game. Um, uh, so, yeah, I want to see him win one. I only see Michelle Wee in those pictures of him when they party uh, down in Jupiter for their 4th of July events. You ever get invited to any of these or, or is, is <laughs> they seem to always have no. a pretty good time. I see that, yeah. I uh, I'm not in that group, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm I'm on a lake in, in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the tagline of this episode, Sandra Gall. I'm in a lake in Germany. So. Yeah, yeah. So, Sandra, I really, really appreciate the time. Uh, as you said, uh, calling in from a lake in Germany is uh, definitely a first for us. Uh, I hope you have a great remainder of your vacation. I know you're going to go play. Let's see, you got the Scottish and the British coming up pretty soon, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, all the best to you there, and uh, thank you thank again you. for joining us here. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Sandra Gall for joining us this week at the Back of the Range Golf Podcast. Hope you all will be following her this week at the Rico British Open and for the rest of the season. That's it for this week. We will see you again next week here at the Back of the Range. <laughs>